Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Cardi B and Offset's Divorce Lawyers, favorite football yeah. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's your that's your best one. Thank yeah. you. Trying right. to trying to be with be with the times with the with these <laughs> with these references. For some reason, uh, and I I don't know why, my Twitter decided to send me a notification that Cardi B and Offset are getting a divorce. Actually, okay, but I thought that I thought they already were gonna do that a while ago. Well. Your guess is as good as mine. I honestly didn't even know that they were married before this. Yeah, I I, I knew that. Really? I, well, at least I knew that. Yeah, you're you're all in on the pop culture and all that. Not so. necessarily. But well, more than more so than me, I'd say. But yeah, uh, rest in peace uh, to Cardi B and, and Offset's marriage. Uh, for those of you that don't know who they are, who cares? It doesn't really matter. Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the show. Uh, that was one way to start the show. Um, Joe, we actually, for the very first time on this mm. podcast, who thought we'd ever get here? We actually have real football games. You didn't, you liar. You did not think that we would get here. No. We're here talking uh, about football, and we actually have real football to talk about. All 32 teams played a game at some point uh, this last week, and boy, did it feel good to have football mm. back. Despite there not being fans uh, at, at a lot of these games, most of the games... Uh, I believe there was only two, maybe three games where fans were actually allowed this week, uh, but it was still just so good to have football back. Uh, Thursday, obviously, was the first game of the season between the Chiefs uh, and the Texans, and we're going to get into all the games at some point. No news today. We're not going to go through a news roundup. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of contract extensions. We saw Jalen Ramsey get a contract extension, uh, and a bunch of people uh signed contract extensions what's that joe oh what about uh did my man matt gay find a team find matt a job gay, i'm actually not i don't think so but you can look that oh, up if you want it so i dropped i dropped him already you dropped him okay yeah, well matt gay else. listen it's his favorite podcast matt gay if you're listening to this you're gonna find a home man you you're hope, gonna you're gonna find home there's a lot of kickers that struggle this weekend Adam Vinatieri will get... Uh, not Adam Vinatieri. He's a free agent. The other guy, Steven Goskowski, the other former uh, New England kicker, missed four kicks in one oh, game. Oh, no. Yeah, for the Tennessee Titans. We'll get into that, obviously, later on uh, into the episode. But before we start, uh, obviously, we're so excited to talk football. Finally have football to talk about. And what happens uh, the day that we're going to record the very first week one recap, I... Come down with a little bit of an illness. Mm, a little bit of a COVID-19. A little bit of a COVID-19. This is actually COVID-19. Blair Horn action, baby. COVID-19. No, I don't have COVID-19. Uh, I have, I've always had in my life allergies and, uh, and people, you know, I don't, I hate talking about it because I feel like people, when they hear allergies, they think like in TV shows where it's like, and it's like, oh no, my allergies. It's like, I, there's a cat around and I'm sneezing. Well, for you, so it's like cutely. there's an entire cat in your nose. For me, it's like I'm dying. It's like I'm allergic to everything and, and I can't even think. I can't even see. I can't even breathe. I can't even function. So I, I actually had to leave work early today because I was feeling so terribly crappy. I took yeah. two showers before recording this podcast. Took <laughs> took like a two hour long nap. And we're powering through, baby, because yeah. the first week of the NFL season happened. COVID hasn't stopped us. And my allergies slash sickness, I don't know if it's more than allergies at this point, is not going to stop us either. We're going to power through 
and talk about some football, baby. So without further ado, Joe, unless you have something else that you want to talk about, uh, whether it be celebrity divorces or anything, really, at this no. point. I will really say, though, I was, uh, I was, I was rooting for them. Rooting for Cardi B and Anasa. Uh, yeah, I really Anasa. thought that that would be mm. the celebrity relationship that would kind of mm. last. They would really? be that power couple that <laughs> they would were kind, kind of, of like the take last. over the world. It kind of makes you, you know, take a step back. If Cardi B and Offset can't survive, what marriage can survive at this point? I know. Point? Do you think it's because uh, she put out that unbelievably terrible song? WAP? Yes. I'm not going to say it's because of that, but because she has been releasing terrible music for a while now. Mm-hmm. And she's overall a pretty terribly annoying person. So, yes. hot take, uh, a little bit of hot take there, but, uh, you know... I hope that they can still be friends in the end. <laughs> they have a baby together. They have a baby together. Yeah. I'm learning a bunch of new things about that. Really? You did not know that? Yeah, nope. they, do, they do have a baby together. That's kind of sad. Um, Chuck goes out to that baby. Uh, let's start a GoFundMe for that baby. <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm sure. That baby will be set for that both of fine. our lifetimes. That baby's fine. That baby should set up a GoFundMe for us. Yeah, that baby is worth way more than we are. Cardi B Jr. or whatever you are, Offset Jr., whether you're a boy or a girl, do you know what gender it is? Um, I don't know. If you're listening to this, please donate to our podcast. Yeah. We're talking about Cardi B Jr., baby. Please mm, mm-hmm. donate to our podcast. But let's just... You know, why don't we stop beating around the bush and let's just jump straight into all of the games that happened this weekend. All 16 games, 32 teams divided wow. by two is 16, right? I could have done that way quicker than you did. Well, I did it pretty fast because I did research beforehand. Yeah. So without further ado, let's jump into the games, baby. First up. The very first game of the 2020 NFL season, Joe. It was the the first game. Oh, it was the it was uh, the yeah. Sorry, give me a minute. Uh, it was the te- uh, Texans Ooh. versus the Chiefs. Bang on! You got yeah. it, my friend. Very good. Uh, Texans know. at the Chiefs. The Thursday night kickoff game where the Chiefs revealed their brand new b- banner that was four miles long. That was a long banner. If oh. we want to get into banner talk, that's a really long banner. Uh, but anyways, it it was not. Uh, the most competitive of games. Uh, the the Texans got off to a hot start. David Johnson looked really good. Uh, people were hating on that trade, and reasonably so. It was still a crazy trade. We'll get into DeAndre Hopkins and how he did uh, with the Cardinals later on in the podcast. But David Johnson looked good early on. He he had a he had a a good touchdown run. He was making good cuts. Uh, they got off to a 7-0 lead. Uh, did the Houston Texans. And from there, it was pretty much only the Kansas City Chiefs because they went on to win 34 to 20, and it was it was really not even that close as the score indicates. As uh, the Chiefs kind of just dominated on offense, and they played a, a, a quite a different game than we're used to seeing from them. From them, it's usually big strikes down the field, backbreaking plays, just just uh, Patrick Mahomes launching the ball uh, to one of his very talented targets. But this week, it, it seemed like the Texans very much uh, tried to prevent that from happening, tried to prevent the deep shots. And it seemed like the, the Chiefs were just having their way with these short little dink and dunk passes. And then you had uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire balling out the first round rookie. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire played phenomenal. This, this is the second time uh, in the last few years we've seen a rookie running back uh, for the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs have a fantastic opening season 
uh, opening game of the season, rather. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 25 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown and didn't even get involved in the passing game. And that's one of his strengths. Uh, it was one of his strengths at LSU. I, I mean, he makes this team scary. Uh, you know, they're already a, a, a terrifying team. Uh, they're the best team. I had them ranked as my number one team in my power rankings going into this season. And then you add Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and a really effective run game like they had in week one to that to that explosive pass offense with one of, with the best quarterback in football. Uh, that is terrifying. And their defense looked pretty good, actually. Their defense was maybe one of the weaknesses that they had going into the season. And I think overall, if you look at the talent on their roster, it still is the weak spot of their team. But they played fairly well. I know the Texans O-line uh, is not great. And, and that, I think, will be an issue for them uh, as, as we go along this season. But Chris Jones had his way with that offensive line. I mean, he was just wreaking havoc. And really, Frank Clark was in there too. Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Uh, people forget how good of a duo they can be on that Chiefs defensive line. And yeah, they they kind of they made things very, very hard on Deshaun Watson. And as far as the Texans go, a little bit of a disappointing showing, obviously. I, I think they will be okay this season. Uh, I'm not going to count them out just yet. I think Deshaun Washington is really special. I think he's, like I said, going to have a tough time behind that offensive line. But uh, I think the, that Houston can bounce back. They have a really tough start to the schedule as they play the Baltimore Ravens next week. Joe's Baltimore Ravens. My Ravens. Yeah, that's tough to play the number one and two seed from last year. Uh, in the AFC playoffs, the Chiefs in week one and the Ravens uh, in week two. Joe, we'll get to your Ravens at some point uh, in, in this in this episode. But yeah, the Chiefs uh, kind of just asserting their dominance very early on uh, in the 2020 NFL season. Moving on to the very first game of the one o'clock games that were played on Sunday, and it's my Miami Dolphins uh, falling 21 to 11 to the... New England Patriots, the team that has tortured oh, me my entire life. Hell. Cam Newton's now the quarterback there. And uh, this is the game that I watched the most of. Obviously, I'm a Dolphins fan. Uh, I did watch film and tape from a lo- all of the games, really. Uh, but this is the kind of the primary game that I was watching on Sunday. And, you know, in, in a world where everything seems abnormal, everything is... is what's the word do I always say? Uh Precedented. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Everything is always unprecedented. It's really nice to see, you know, a little bit of normalcy in the fact that the Dolphins were getting their butt kicked by the Patriots. It's really good to see, <laughs> you know, some things are still normal, even with Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Uh, this game was, it was competitive, sort of, early on, but Cam Newton and, and this offense really established their dominance. Uh, I would say late into the late into the first uh, half into the into the second half, uh, Cam Newton was good in this game. Uh, he he was an effective runner. They used him a lot running the football. He had 15 rushes, which fun fact is the most uh, rushing attempts he's ever had in a game. 15 rushing attempts for 75 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and and the Pats' offense run offense altogether had 217 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so the Dolphins were really just overmatched they could not stop the run which is not good if you're going to be playing this Patriots this version of the Patriots because they are really good running the ball uh, Cam Newton ran the ball really effectively he had 15 uh, rush attempts like we said only 19 pass attempts but they were all super easy uh, quick short uh, play action 
Uh, just really, really easy attempts like we've seen a lot from when Tom Brady was there. He went 15 for 19, 155 yards. Uh, and, and like I said, this offense, as far as passing goes, I don't think is much different than it was with Tom Brady. Obviously, the running game makes it a completely different ball game because this team is now a power run uh, team and they, they can just really hurt you a lot on the on the ground like we saw with the Baltimore Ravens last season. But as far as the passing game goes, you know, Tom Brady in the latter years there in New England, it was all about quick passes. It was all about finding matchups. It was all about having wide open receivers. Uh, Josh McDaniel scheming uh, receivers open. And that's very much what we saw this week with Cam Newton as well. We saw a lot of wide open receivers. The Dolphins, like I said, looked overmatched. Uh, they just couldn't keep up. Uh, the Dolphins last, lost Devontae Parker uh, midway, uh, halfway through that game with an ankle injury. That obviously did not help against one of the best secondaries uh, in the NFL. The, the Patriots secondary is still really good. Really, really good. Uh, there was not a whole lot of open receivers for Fitzpatrick uh, to hit. And Fitzmagic had three interceptions, three interceptions in this game. Uh, looking a lot more like Fitz Tragic than he was like Fitzmagic. Uh, at no point did it seem like Tua was going to get his shot. And I don't think he will uh, for a while. I think it'll be a couple weeks uh, until Tua gets his shot. But overall, uh, the Patriots are still relevant, people. They are still here. Uh, they are still going to be a team that's relevant, I think, late into the season. I think they'll be a playoff contender. I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs at this point. But I, I they're going to be around, and they're going to hang around in games, uh, especially if they can keep this run game up, and they have a fantastic secondary, like we said. Uh, the Patriots are, are, are good. They have the greatest coach of all time. They have a really good offensive coordinator. Um, and I thought they, yeah, Cam Newton as the as the quarterback of the Patriots is fantastically annoying already. Hmm. I mean, he's getting in the face of guys. He's just making a big scene of, of him being really good at football. And that's fair. And if you want to, you know, if you're a Dolphins fan and you want to take any any positives from this game, your offensive line played fine. You only allowed two sacks, I think. Uh, I thought the offensive line would be an utter disaster. They have two rookies starting there, but Austin Jackson, the left tackle, played well. And the rest of the offensive line I was actually fairly impressed by, but the New England Patriots handle the Dolphins in Week 1. Moving on to the next game, it's the Eagles versus, versus the Washington football team. And the Washington football team is officially the winningest franchise in the history of of the NFL, if you're unless you want to count, you know all the mm. other years. But now, since they've become the Washington Football Team's, they're one and zero. Perfect win percentage, twenty-seven to seventeen. They defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this is a disappointing loss for the Eagles. I mean, they had a seventeen nothing lead at, at at one point. They were up seventeen to nothing on a Washington team that a lot of people projected would be very bad this season. They still could be very bad. Um, but after that 17-0 lead, the Washington defense took over. Shout out to my good friend Joel, who's an Eagles fan. Uh, me and him were really talking it up. And we we both picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win this week in our survivor pool. Basically, you have to pick a team. Uh, and, and if they win, you're good. If they lose, you're eliminated. Uh, that, that was the plan. I think, actually, we're not eliminated. But I don't know. I mm -hmm. set it up. And I think we still get to pick next week, but I'm not sure. But 
the point of the story is I picked the Eagles because I was like, oh, Washington's going to be bad. I don't want to pick one of the really, really good teams. I want to save them for later in the season because you can't use a team twice. Uh, and the Eagles were up 17-0. Joel and I were really feeling ourselves. We were celebrating. Uh, and then, you know, they allowed eight sacks of Carson Wentz. Uh, and that was really the big story of this game. The Washington football team, their defensive line with Chase Young, the second pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, they dominated. They made life miserable on Carson Wentz. Uh, and he just, I mean, that offensive line, that is definitely going to be a problem. Like we talked about with Houston, Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Obviously, they're missing Andre Dillard, who is going to be their starting left tackle. They're missing Brandon Brooks, who is going to be their starting guard. Uh, and then they didn't have Lane Johnson in this game. And they also didn't have Miles Sanders, their running back, in this game. So it was a tough, tough start to the season for the for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and then for Washington, uh, a lot of people were gonna were kind of curious to see how Dwayne Haskins would play. Uh, I thought he was okay. I think he still uh, is not very good uh, in my opinion. I don't think that he he is the future. If we're talking just right now, my opinion on it, uh, he he played okay. He had 17 uh, for 31 on pass attempts. He had 178 yards, so not all that impressive. Uh, he had one touchdown pass. Uh, the 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 Washington run game and their defense was kind of what what kind of created this win for uh, for that team. Uh, Dwayne Haskins he still made some really bad throws. I tuned in at certain points to watch this game, and there was some throws where I don't know what Dwayne Haskins was doing. He doesn't impress me. He doesn't look very athletic. But for now, the Washington football team and Coach Ron Rivera gets his very first win. Uh, as the coach of the Washington football team. Shout out to him. We're going to talk more about him later and his fight with cancer. Moving on to the very next game. Uh, and I got to speed these things up because I'm taking way too much time. This is going to be like a four-hour long podcast. Uh, but it was the Chargers going into Cincinnati and playing the Bengals. Joe Burrow, the first overall pick in the draft, uh, having his very first game in a Cincinnati Bengals uniform. And they would drop 16-13 to to the Los Angeles Chargers my first takeaway from this game is, goodness gracious, the Chargers have the sexiest uniforms in the entire NFL. They look so good. I mean, they were wearing their white tops with the yellow pants, and man, they look nice. I just, there's there's no uniform in the NFL that looks better than the Los Angeles Chargers uniform. But overall, this game was competitive. It was a fun game. Uh, both quarterbacks were good, not great. Tyrod Taylor had was 16 for 30, 208 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Joe Burrow, in his very, very first game uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, was 23 for 36, 193 yards, and no touchdowns and one interception. He did have a really, really nice uh, touchdown run at one point. Uh, it was a really long run where he he just looked way more athletic than I think a lot of people were expecting. Uh, and, and overall, Joe Burrow, I was quite impressed by him in this game. Uh, he didn't play phenomenal like we talked about. He, he wasn't amazing. But if I'm a Bengals fan, I have no possible way of being discouraged after this game. I'm, I'm very encouraged by how Joe, Joe Burrow played uh, after ha not having a, a real training camp, not having preseason, uh, just having to deal with uh, very limited practices. I thought he played he played well. Uh, that offensive line uh, was not amazing. I think that he was under pressure a lot uh, in this game. Uh, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa look good. 
And that's the one aspect I would be worried about if I'm a Bengals fan is that offensive line. But overall, Joe Burrow looked really, really poised. I mean, he he, he looks the part. He, he knows what he's doing. He's a very talented quarterback. He stays in the pocket. He makes those tough throws. He makes plays with his legs. Uh, and and this, this game was actually really, really close. It came down to the last drive. And Joe Burrow just had a phenomenal drive. 14-play, 84-yard drive on the final drive of the game, uh, marching his team down the field, making incredible throws, dropping dimes, uh, and then it came down uh, to just a few seconds left. He throws a touchdown strike to A.J. Green to put the Bengals up. Uh, they were down three at that point to put them up for good probably as there would have been very limited time. However, an offensive pass interference call made that call actually come back and they were no, it was ruled that it was not a touchdown. And then Fat Randy, Randy Bullock, the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, Fat Randy came in, had a chance to tie it up, send this game to overtime, and he shanked shanked the 31-yard field goal. There was a lot of missed kicks this week. And it's really funny because after, after he missed the field goal, he kind of grabs his hamstring and he's like, oh, my hamstring. Oh, like, no. like he hurt his hamstring after he kicked it. And everybody's kind of like, no, okay. You know, you never want to say that guy's not injured, but come on. Your hamstring, really? <laughs> and then there was a thing where it was like, uh, there's an injury report the day after the game. And it said that he injured his left hamstring. But on a, on a picture of the game, he was holding his right hamstring. So it's like... What's the story here, Randy? Oh. What's the story here, Fat Randy? Your lies are catching up to you. <laughs> Your lies are Randy. catching up to you. Why do they call him Fat Randy? Because he's so mean. Because he's hefty. He's... What if that's what they called him in high school and he just wanted to, like, you know? Like... Maybe that's not even what they call him. Maybe I just call him that. But I'm pretty sure I've heard Fat Randy before. Randy Bullock, because he's, he's, he's just a funny-looking kicker. I'm sorry. And Okay, yeah. We maybe shouldn't be piling on a guy <laughs> that just missed a game-winning field goal. But mm-hmm. overall, pretty entertaining game. Uh, I think both teams can can leave feeling encouraged. Uh, the defensive line there for the Chargers and the defense in general played fairly well despite not having Derwin James. And Joe Burrow looked the part in his very first start. Moving on to the very next game. And Joe, we're going to get you involved in this game because it's your Baltimore Ravens, My Ravens playing in Baltimore against the Cleveland Browns. And Joe, what was your thoughts on this week one game? Are you still a Baltimore Ravens fan? Uh, how did it go? Um, I'll tell you what, Browns, more like they browned the bed. Oh, good. Because the Ravens crushed them Ooh, 38-6. Nice. Okay. That was great. How ridiculous. Lamar Jackson with three touchdowns to open the season. Okay. Three touchdowns to open the okay. season. Okay. Oh, wow. They, they browned, do you say brown their pants or brown the bed? Yeah, I said Browns, more like they browned the bed. I they browned the bed. That's great. Yeah, that was kind of a good su- summary of <laughs> of how this game went. I mean, the only good thing really for the Browns is that their new, new slash old uniforms look phenomenal. Mm. More uniform talk. Love their uniforms. Mm. You nice. know, but overall, that's literally the only good thing that happened to the Browns. Baltimore is very scary. Lamar Jackson, like you said, had three touchdowns. He also went 20 for 25 as far as passing goes. 275 275 passing yards. yards. Very good, Joe. Uh, He also added in 45 rushing yards, which is pretty low for Lamar Jackson. Hmm. Which is yeah, you know I, I actually expected more from him this time, but or this time around, but you know it's whatever. It's it's whatever. It's yeah. fine, you know. But you know I I think 
the fact that he only had 45 rushing yards makes them almost more scary because their running game was not all that great in this game. I mean, they they, they mm. didn't play bad by any means. Uh, but Lamar Jackson looked really good passing the ball, made some really good throws. Uh, and they, they were not playing to their strength, which is their running game. And they still just put a beating on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> like, it wasn't really even close. Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland Browns just never had a shot. They, they, they scored on their opening drive. And since then, uh, Baltimore just took them to the woodshed. <laughs> Uh, Mark Andrews, my boy, who's on my fantasy team, he scored another two touchdowns. He's just a touchdown mm. machine. J.K. Dobbins, the rookie running back, also scored two touchdowns. Uh, and Baker Mayfield, a guy that I said was going to bounce back, not off to a good start. 21 for 39, 189 passes. I feel like it's almost impossible to throw 39 passes for 189 yards. That's That's crazy. 40, almost 40 passes, and you only threw for 189 yards. Lamar Jackson had 25 passes, and he threw for 275 yards. Oh, dear. To put that in perspective, Baker Mayfield did not look good. Cleveland did not look good. Uh, I would be very concerned if I was a Cleveland Browns fan. I would be very concerned if I was myself because I picked them to finish second in this division, and that's not really looking looking all that good. It was just it was a game full of just stupid, stupid mistakes by Cleveland. They had a mixed extra, missed extra point. A missed field goal. Uh, Baker had a had a pass that was tipped and picked off uh, by Clayus Campbell, who was a wrecker in his first game with Baltimore. What a fantastic signing! I I love that signing when it happened, and it's it's just phenomenal. Uh, and then you had a, a fake punt that was just awful. The punter, who was already the least athletic guy on the field, <laughs> tried to run, tried to run for the first down, got hit fumbled the ball and the other team just he, you know he just did not get where he was trying to go at all he wasn't even close to the first down either it was such a sad play to watch he fumbled the ball nick chubb also fumbled uh and yeah the browns just basically shot themselves in the foot they look uh they look like they lack continuity they don't look like they mesh well together odell beckham just still is not playing well with Cleveland. I, I think he had something like 13 targets and only had and only had uh, three catches. Oh, he had sorry, he had 10 targets for three receptions, 22 yards, which is crazy. I mean, people are are starting to forget how good Odell Beckham is because he's not playing <laughs> good in Cleveland. I mean, him and Baker cannot seem to connect with each other. But yeah, the Browns look bad, uh, and and the. The Ravens look good. Nothing's really changed so far for those two teams in the 2020 season. Moving on to the next game, and we have another division matchup. The New York Jets went into Buffalo and played the Buffalo Bills, and they lost 27-17. to Josh Allen had his very, very first 300-yard passing game. Uh, he, had, he was 33 for 46, which is fairly efficient. 312 yards passing uh, and two touchdowns. He also had 14 yard, 14 rushes rather for 57 yards and one touchdown. And the Bills pretty much did what people were expecting them to do in this game. They went in uh, with sort of expectations that they would dismantle a bad Jets team, a team that's not well coached, uh, a team that doesn't have nearly as much talent as Buffalo does. does. Buffalo is one of the more talented teams uh, in the AFC. And I got to give Josh Allen credit. I've been very critical of Josh Allen. Uh, for the entirety of this podcast, really. Uh, I still, you know, I'm, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon yet. I don't think that he played 
phenomenal. I think that he still is running the ball too much. You know, Buffalo said that they would not have him on as many design runs, uh, but he still ran the ball 14 times, and there was a lot of design runs involved in that. Uh, he just looks so darn goofy when he's running the ball. I mean, people are like, he's such a great athlete. He's so, oh, wow, he's just, he's like a Cam Newton. He just, something about him, even the way he stands in the pocket, he just he just carries himself in such a goofy manner. I just, even if he was a really good quarterback, I would have a hard time taking him seriously. I don't know what it is. Maybe somebody can tell me. I don't know if it's because he stands really flat-footed, but something about Josh Allen just rubs me the wrong way. But he played really, really well this week. Uh, the Buffalo defense played well. Uh, they got a ton of pressure on Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold, uh, I would say overall, you know, given the circumstances, didn't play terrible. Uh, but I just he's just in a bad spot. I mean, Gase is bad, and the Jets will be bad as long as he's there. Uh, other than Jamison Crowder, who had uh, 115 yards and a touchdown, uh, there was not a whole lot of good takeaways from this game for the Jets. Le'Veon Bell, again, uh, did not play well. He had six carries for 24 yards. Or sorry, that was Frank Gore who had six carries for 24 yards. Le'Veon Bell had six carries for 14 yards. Uh, and then he got hurt. So it's like, why don't we just get Le'Veon Bell out of uh, New York? He's put on IR now, so he's out for three weeks at least. I, I would be very surprised if Le'Veon Bell is on this roster uh, after the trade deadline. But uh, the Bills also suffered a couple of key injuries. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, two of their really talented linebackers, uh, got injured. And hopefully they'll be able to return at some point in the season because they're very, very important uh, to this Buffalo team. But Buffalo looks good. Buffalo looks like they're supposed to look. Uh, they look like they could potentially win that division. And New York uh, is pretty much a tire fire like we expected. Moving on to the next game. And it, it is the Chicago Bears going into Detroit and playing the Detroit Lions. And, you know, this game didn't look too great for the Bears there for a while as they were down 23-6 to entering the fourth quarter. They were down 23-6. to And then our boy, mm. your boy, mm. my boy, our boy, Mitchell Bisky, baby. Woo. Mitchell Magic happened in the fourth quarter. <laughs> We don't even need to talk about the Lions, man. Let's talk about Mitch Trubisky, oh, man. My you got anything to say about Mitch Trubisky, my guy? I got to say right now, I have on my fantasy team, mm-hmm. okay, I have mm-hmm. my starting quarterback right now is Pat Mahomes. This is again this is on the Rage Against the Machine, right? Yes. That's your that's your team. Right I here. have I have um Mitch, Mitch Trubisky as my bench. And he gave me more points. Mhm. Then Pat Mahomes did. Oh this my week. goodness gracious! Four more points. Four more points. And I had him on bench. <sighs> what do you have to say to that, Chiefs fans? Oh my goodness! Look at us now, baby. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. But yeah, I did. Yeah, so I, I was, I was so happy about that. I was really hyping him up, and and he lived up to the hype. It's really so. great. I'm. Gl- I want him to live on. Me you know? too. I want him to live goodness. on for the sake of this podcast. Yes. I, I I was you know I was critical of him at first. I know you were you've always been on his side, but oh, I've decided yeah. it's just going to be more fun if we just all jump on the Mitcher bandwagon. Mm-hmm. We're just we're going to ride this one out, Mitcher. You know he looked like he could be benched at one point. Yeah. Uh, you know he <laughs> no, was down twenty three to six, not playing all that well. But when it came to the fourth quarter, my guy stepped up. He ended up throwing mm. three touchdown passes, two hundred forty two yards. 20 for 36 with 55% completion percentage. He made some really, 
nice throw, some dime pieces mm, in that fourth quarter. Pieces. That final throw he made uh, to go up, he made that throw to Anthony Miller was like just a gorgeous throw. Mm. My goodness, a fantastically beautiful throw. And you know, Chiefs fans, Texans fans are always saying, ha ha, look at the Bears. They chose Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Well, how about this, Patrick Mahomes? Mitch Trubisky ended week one with more fantasy points than yeah, you. Yeah, 24.28. You only had 20.4 for her. Wow. What do you think about that? How do you Matt think Mahomes? about that best quarterback in the NFL? In quotes. In, in quote quotations. What do you think about that? And how about you, Deshaun Watson? Don't think I forgot about you, Deshaun Watson. How's it feel to be 0-1? Huh? <laughs> How's it feel to not have a win in the 2020 season? You know who doesn't know how that feels? Our boy Bisky. Mitch Bisky. That's what I'm talking the about. The Bisky boys are out. The Bisky boys are out, and we are, and and we are causing a ruckus because Mitch yes. Bisky played phenomenal. But I guess we eventually have to get into the Lions. The Lions, they did Lions things. They were up. Matthew Stafford was playing well, uh, like he usually does. Uh, Adrian Peterson, who's at least 37 and a half years old at this point. Uh, I don't even know. That actually might be close to his age. I was trying to over-exaggerate, but that <laughs> might be close to how old he is. He had 14 carries for 93 yards. He averaged 6.6 yards per attempt, which is just absurd. I mean, the guy's old, and he just continues to keep going. You got to love to see that. Uh, and like I said, this team was up 23-6 to going to the fourth quarter, and like they always do, uh, they, they blew the lead. Last year, they surrendered seven fourth-quarter leads. And, and they did it again. I mean, this has got to be so discouraging as a Lions fan. Uh, it's 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 a disappointing start to the season. We saw Jamie Collins get ejected, which was stupid. Basically, Jamie Collins for the Detroit Lions. I was ready to go on this podcast and say, oh, wow, Jamie Collins is a bonehead. And he, he can't succeed anywhere outside of New England. But all he did was it looked like he was trying to show the referee what, he, what had happened, that somebody was leading with their head. So he kind of put his head into the referee, uh, and the referee just ejected him for doing that because really? he touched him, which is you know not ideal. Maybe don't do that. But uh, and it, to add even more insult to injury, so the like we talked about multiple times, the Detroit Lions were up twenty three to six going into the fourth <laughs> quarter, and then Mitcher did his thing, and they had a chance to come back. Uh, they they were driving down the field. And with just a few seconds left, I think, believe there was four seconds left after the play, uh, Matthew Stafford finds DeAndre Swift, the rookie running back, in the end zone, throws a gorgeous pass. It's in the hands of DeAndre Swift, and he drops the pass. Oh, man. He drops the pass. It was in his hands. He was literally in the end zone. It was a touchdown. They would have won the game. He dropped the pass. They end up losing the game. That was devastating. I mean, Lions fans, I feel for you. As a, as a fan of a tortured franchise, I feel where you're coming from. Lions fans, Browns fans, Dolphins fans, Jets fans, I think we can all relate to each other. I feel for you. Uh, but the Bears, man, they're looking good with our boy, Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, baby. Moving on to the big game of the season, the game of the week, the game that everybody, uh, including myself, was really, really looking forward to, and that was... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into New Orleans and playing the New, or- the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and this game was hyped up for a while. Obviously, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, 
making their de- debut in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms, which if we want to talk uniforms again for the third time, mm. those Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms look good. I love those uniforms. You're so I just <laughs> in the uniforms. I just love uniforms. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry. I like your shirt that you're wearing as well. Okay. <laughs> Stop looking at back me. Back off. Put your tongue back in your mouth. I, I can't. Okay. Anyways, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms were are nice. I love them. Uh, but this game was kind of set up to be Brady versus Breeze. And both of them honestly did not play all that well. Uh, Brady was 23 for 36, uh, 239 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. We'll talk about those interceptions. Breeze was 18 for 30, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. It's crazy. When Drew Brees passes for only 160 yards, something weird happened for sure. Because uh, that guy is just always throwing for tons of yardage. That offense is always spreading the ball around. Uh, but the Bucks looked like they lacked chemistry. They looked like a team full of new guys. They looked like a team with a new quarterback. Uh, and they looked like they were learning each other. Uh, there was a lot of miscues, a lot of bad plays. Uh, Tom Brady had two interceptions, which is kind of unheard of for Tom Brady to have two interceptions in a game. Uh, and, and they were just on miscommunications. Him and Mike Evans uh, at one point looked like they were really getting into it. Um, they look, there was a miscommunication on one of the interceptions. Uh, and, and apparently Bruce Arian said that that was on Tom Brady. Tom Brady ended up making a mistake. And and people are, are right away jumping off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bandwagon. And, and you can do that. I mean, I expected this team to get off to a slow start. Uh, I still think they'll be good. I still think they have the talent to be a good team. I think they're going to need to learn each other. They're going to need to to build that chemistry. They're going to need to build that camaraderie and fix these miscommunications with with reps. The only way you can you can really fix this stuff is just to get more reps. And they haven't had reps. They could have really used preseason football. Uh, could have really used a more normal training camp. But if you want to talk about the winning team, the New Orleans Saints, their defense is legit. They played good. Uh, they 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 have a really really good secondary. Uh, they got a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. They made life hard on Tom Brady. Um, and the, yeah, their defense played well. Uh, both wideouts, Mike Evans and Michael Thomas, did not play well. Mike Evans had four targets, one reception, and two yards. Marshawn Lattimore did a really, really good job clamping up Mike Evans. And Michael Thomas, who actually got hurt and could be out for a couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain, that's usually a nagging injury that, that can tend to last a little longer for some people. Uh, hopefully it doesn't for the Saints' sake. Uh, he had five targets for three receptions and 17 yards. So both, if you had either of those guys on your fantasy team, that's a rough week for you. Uh, but like I said, both teams, I, both teams overall, I think look sloppy. I think New Orleans just has the better defense, and that's really what helped them win this game. Uh, I expect both teams to get better. I expect both teams to be playoff contenders uh, and, and potential Super Bowl contenders. Um, and, and a lot of people want to get into the, after one week that, oh, now we can officially say Belichick is better than Brady or Belichick doesn't need Brady or Brady needed Belichick. And let's relax for like two seconds on that. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went in and they played a Super Bowl contender in week one and we all expected them to lose. And just because the, the loss is a little bit more than maybe we expected, they maybe lost by more points than we expected. Let's relax with that. I mean, the, the, the Patriots and, and Cam Newton played the Dolphins, okay? They, play, they didn't play a good team. The Dolphins are still a mess. 
The Dolphins could have used preseason more than anybody else. So let's not compare a, a, a loss against a Super Bowl contender to a win, uh, and not even all that convincing of a win, over over a team that, that was tanking last year. Let's relax with the Brady versus Belichick debate for now. We're halfway done the games, and I'm going to have to really speed things up because I'm just taking... How long to be we, on your butt. Yeah, how, how long have we been... Yeah, you should just really start timing me on these on these games. This is getting a little <laughs> out of hand. Um, we've been recording... This is uh, before editing uh, almost almost an hour. Almost an hour. Yeah, 56 I, minutes. All right, moving on to the Raiders and Panthers. The Raiders <laughs> won 34-230 over the Panthers. Both these teams have really fun offenses. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed watching the offenses. Josh Jacobs looked awesome. He had 93 yards rushing, three touchdowns, added 46 yards passing, or receiving rather. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey is still awesome. Had 96 yards, two touchdowns, uh, had three receptions for 38 yards. Uh, he's still going to be a big part of that team. Robbie Anderson, the big free agent pickup for Carolina, played really good. Him and Teddy Bridgewater looked really good together. Uh, he had six receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater played well. Uh, he, he looks good. He he didn't look like a liability to this team. I think uh, this offense could be really fun, like I talked about uh, earlier uh, in earlier podcasts. Uh, but both teams, I think, uh, could have really, really fun offenses. Uh, and the Raiders, uh, you know, I I think they'll be a team that, that competes uh, for a playoff spot. I don't know if they'll make a playoff spot. But I still, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they are. Derek Carr played fine. Uh, he was 22 for 30, 239 yards and a touchdown. He did hit nine different receivers for at least one reception, which is great. I mean, spreading the ball around. Uh, yeah, but overall, both these teams are fun uh, and, and, and exciting to see what they do uh, in the future. Moving on to the next game, it's the Seahawks winning 38-25 to over the Atlanta Falcons in their absolutely hideous uniforms. Since we're talking about uniforms this week, the Falcons uniforms make me want to puke. Still, they look bad even on the field. Don't like them. Uh, Russell Wilson, Mr. 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 Unlimited. Unlimited. Heck yeah, he was unlimited this week. He went 31 for 35, 322 yards and four touchdowns. They let that man cook this week. Uh, finally, they let Russell Wilson get loose. They let him just air out the ball. They only ran the ball 20 times, which is kind of unprecedented. For this offense, they're a run-first team. I talked about how I would love to see Russell Wilson become the focal point of this team. I would love to see him become uh, a guy that throws the ball 30, 40 times a game. And he did it, and he looked phenomenal. Uh, I mean, he uh, will this finally be the season where he gets his first MVP vote? Uh, it very well could be. Matt Ryan also played a crazy good game. I mean, he was 37 for 54. He had 54 attempts for 450 yards and two touchdowns. And he had three receivers go over 110 yards receiving. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Joe, you have him on your fantasy team, don't you? I do. My goodness. He had a, he had nine receptions, 130 yards and two touchdowns. He got me my most the most points Holy actually out of all my, smokes. all my players. Just the receivers alone. On the, Julio Jones had nine receptions for 157 yards. And then Russell Gage... Had nine receptions for 114 yards. So if you would have told me going into this game that Matt Ryan has 450 yards and, and he has three receivers go over 110 yards receiving, I would have thought this was a Falcons blowout. But uh, the Seahawks, they handled the Falcons pretty well. Jamal Adams looked good on that defense. He was all over the field. Did not look bored. 
Um, and if this is what the Seahawks offense looks like this season, I'm excited. I'm here for a Russell Wilson dominating season, a Russell Wilson MVP season. Uh, the Seahawks could be scary this season. Moving on to the next game, the Cardinals upsetting the 49ers 24-20. to The Cardinals offense is fun. I mean, Kyler Murray is fun. He's playing so far through one week. And like we said, it's one week, so let's not overreact. But one week, he's playing like a lot of people thought he would. Uh, he had 230 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He also had 91 yards rushing on 13 carries and another touchdown played so good. I mean, this guy is fun. It's so crazy to watch him play too because he's just, he's such a small, small man and he runs so, so fast. I mean, he is just so fast and just to see his little legs run all over the field, it's quite a, it's quite a sight to behold. But he's also just such an incredible passer and, you know, I've been trying to find a secondary team to watch this season. And, you know, I, I talked about a few teams. I thought maybe the Broncos could be that team. Uh, I thought the Colts, we'll get to them later. They disappointed me this week. Could be potentially that team. I think the Cardinals through one week might have to be my secondary team. I've always liked them. Like I talked about, Larry Fitzgerald is my all-time favorite football uh, player. Well, he was, sorry, I wouldn't say all-time favorite, but he was my first favorite uh, NFL player. So I've always liked the Cardinals. And they played really well this week. DeAndre Hopkins played awesome in his first game uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. We thought maybe he would take some time to to you know mesh with that offense not really with 14 receptions for 150 yards uh this this cardinals team did what i didn't think they'd be able to do they went in and and they beat up on 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 a on a good 49ers team i mean uh maybe beat up is a little bit harsh but uh raheem mostert looked good for the 49ers he had some really really good uh plays he was on my bench in fantasy idiot um but he had 151 all-purpose yards. Jimmy G, I think, could really benefit from more weapons on that offense. George Kittle got hurt off of a, a really bad throw by Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this team could benefit from bringing in a guy like maybe Antonio Brown at some point this season. As much as I hate that, uh, I, they need a little bit more weapons. Jimmy G didn't look great in this game. But the NFC West is going to be a fun division. And the Arizona Cardinals are a big part of that fun. Moving on to the team that I just talked about as a potential secondary team, the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, drop the first game of the season 27-20 to to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minshew mania, baby. I'm wearing my Gardner Minshew shirt. Uh, he played really, really well in this game. I mean, he was extremely efficient like he almost always is. He only had one incompletion, 19 for 20, 173 yards and three touchdowns. And this guy just finds ways to win. I don't know what it is about Gardner Minshew, but this team rallies around him. And he's such a fun player to have in the NFL. Um, the Colts, on the other hand, really disappointed me. Uh, this is not a team you should lose to. I mean, the Jacksonville Jag Jaguars tore this roster down. They stripped this roster for parts like we saw with the Dolphins last year. And, and the Colts could not come up with a victory. They had Marlon Mack go down early, which was disappointing. But Phillip Rivers still made too many mistakes. I mean, we talked about how, and I talked about how I thought he would play better behind a better offensive line. And, you know, he played fairly well. He had 363 yards passing. Uh, he did have a touchdown, but he also threw two really ugly interceptions. Uh, and you cannot do that uh, if you're Phillip Rivers. You, you cannot. There are no more excuses. You have 
weapons on the offense. You have a really good offensive line. He needs to be the guy that people think he is, and he needs to lead this team. He needs to be the final piece for this Colts team, and he did not look like the final piece for this Colts team as this Colts team lost to a bad, bad roster. And this is a this is a tough loss to take in week one, and you hope they can turn things around and become a playoff contender, but after one week, it looks bad. Uh, but Gardner Minshew looks good. Moving on to another division matchup, the Packers and Vikings, and Aaron Rodgers absolutely explodes in this game for 364 yards, four touchdowns, a 127.5 pass rating, and the Packers walk out of U.S. Bank Stadium with a 43-34 victory over the Vikings, and I think it was it was more of a blowout than that score indicates. Uh, the Packers really put it to him. Uh, early uh, and Aaron Rodgers was awesome uh, this could be a potential revenge season and I am here for a potential revenge season for Aaron Rodgers he looked great uh, the Vikings scored some garbage time touchdowns to uh, to make it look closer but he had two absolute Aaron Rodgers had two absolutely gorgeous throws uh, for touchdowns to Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling who both had really really good games uh, Adams had 14 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. You don't need much more weapons if Devontae Adams is going to play like that every week. Uh, and Vald- uh, Valdez Scantling also had four receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. It'd be really nice if he could become a reliable target there for Green Bay. Uh, the, the Vikings offense, on the other hand, they came out slow. Uh, they picked it up late, late in the game when it was probably too little too late. Thielen ended up playing a pretty good game. Um, I think there's still going to be questions about Kirk Cousins if he can raise the level of talent on this team. Uh, but the Packers looked good in this game. I mean, uh, I'm here for a Aaron Rodgers uh, resurgence, an Aaron Rodgers MVP season. He looked great. He was making just beautiful passes uh, all over the field. We thought this would be a run-first team, and through one week, it looks like it's going to be an Aaron Rodgers-first team. Moving on to the Sunday night game, and it was the Cowboys versus the Rams. And we can basically skip over this game because my Cowboys, oh boy, they're not my favorite team, but I did pick them to be quite good this season. And a lot of people had a lot of pushback on that, which was fair. I think I went a little bit too gung-ho on the Cowboys this year. I thought they were going to be good. And, you know, it's one week, so maybe I shouldn't hmm. I shouldn't say that they're not good, but it's one week. They dropped in a disappointing game to the Los Angeles Rams, who looked good in this game, but they lost 17-20 to uh, to the Los Angeles Rams in that beautiful new stadium. And the Cowboys' offense just made me sad in the, watching that first game. I, I, I was so excited to watch them. I thought they would be a fun, exciting offense, uh, explosive. I really expected them to come out hot uh, and Dak Prescott to have a big game. And they were kind of boring, honestly. Ezekiel Elliott played good, but... But the pass offense with all those weapons was not as good as I think they could have been. Uh, the time of possession was was way in the Rams' favor. Uh, they led 35 minutes to 24 minutes uh, for the Cowboys. And Sean McVay coached a good game. A lot of open looks. A lot of really nice screen passes for Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff played, played pretty well. Uh, Malcolm Brown, the running back there uh, for the Los Angeles Rams, had a good game. He had 79 yards and two touchdowns. And I, I just think that I think the Cowboys were outcoached, and I hope that they can they can recover. They they made me look bad uh, in week one, uh, and obviously the game 
you know, uh, it came down to a, a really controversial call there at the end. Michael Gallup seemed to have beat Jalen Ramsey uh, on a potential game-winning strike, but it was called for offensive pass interference, and it really looked like Jalen Ramsey sold that pretty good. It didn't really look like much offensive pass interference, but I mean, my argument is, Cowboys, you, sh- you should have been up more in this game. If you're as good as I as I said you were, you should have been better. Uh, it, they also had some disappointing uh, injuries. They lost Blake Jarwin, their tight end for the season. Leighton Vander Esch looks like he has a broken collarbone, which sucks. Uh, and they had some injuries on that offensive line as well. Leal, Leal Collins might be out for a couple more weeks. So the Cowboys, my pick for uh, MVP, Dak Prescott, not looking all that hot. But, uh, you know, things can turn around. It's only week one. Moving on to the final two games, the Monday night doubleheader. Uh, we're going to quickly go through these games. First, we had the Steelers winning 26-16 to over the New York Giants. And overall, I was unimpressed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not going to lie. Um, they did win fairly handily. But I think uh, offensively, this team should have been better. Uh, I realize B- uh, Big Ben's coming off an injury. Uh, and, and he's playing. Uh, you know, he's older. He's coming off that injury. I, he did not play well to start this game. Uh, James Conner got hurt early, which which hurt them. But but they had Benny Snell come in and, and really run the ball really well. Uh, but yeah, Big Ben started really slow. I mean, he was boring early. He did not play well against probably the worst secondary I've ever seen in the New York Giants. Uh, but the real story of this was the Pittsburgh defense, which was phenomenal. I picked TJ Watt as my defensive player of the year. Uh, and he made me look pretty good, uh, even if the Cowboys didn't. Uh, you had two defensive linemen in this game for Pittsburgh getting interceptions. Uh, TJ Watt got one and Cam Hayward got one. Uh, they had three sacks. Daniel Jones, he made some nice plays at some points. He, show, he, he constantly flashes potential and he shows you what you could be uh, or what he could be rather, not what you could be. He's not a fortune teller, uh, but he shows you what he could be. And then he just makes some boneheaded throws. I mean, he had too many, too many mistakes. He had a fumble. He had uh, two really, really bad interceptions to defensive linemen. I mean, especially that one where they were driving down the field, uh, I believe, to tie the game up. And he threw an ugly interception. He was getting hit by Bud Dupree and threw an interception uh, to Cam Hayward. And that kind of was a nail in the coffin for the New York Giants. But the Steelers, I think their offense needs to improve. Uh, They still have potential to improve. Their defense is amazing. Uh, But Big Ben, I think, needs to be better. Moving on to the final game. We finally made it through this marathon. Uh, The final game was the Titans versus Broncos. This game was at 10.30 at night on Monday, which I'm not going to lie, I didn't stay up and watch most of this game. That's ridiculous. The doubleheader, I think, is a dumb idea. I don't know why they have to have that game. But it was a 10.30 game. Basically, in this game, it was a a fairly uneventful game. Uh, Steven Goskowski missed four kicks. Three field goals and one extra point. He did not make Joe's top five kickers list, and for good reason. No way. My goodness gracious. Uh, but he ended up banging through the game winner. After missing four kicks, he hit the game winner. I think he took his socks off. So he was kicking with socks on. Then he took them off what? and hit the game winner. So there you go. Uh, but overall, you know, uh, the Broncos didn't play terrible, I guess. Uh, Drew Locke made some throws. Also, he missed on a couple deep throws, which would be a little concerning. But he was without Cortland Sutton, the number one receiver, and KJ Hamler, the rookie receiver. Uh, But Noah Fant had a good game, which is great because he's on my fantasy team. 
Um, and, and yeah, like I said, Locke played well. Tannehill played fine. Derrick Henry had himself another good game. He had 31 rushes for 116 yards. Joe, is he on your fantasy team? Yeah, he is. Derrick Henry. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Derrick Henry? I think he is on your fantasy team. Is there someone else whose last name is Derek? No, I have Derek Henry. Yeah, you're right. His <laughs> last name is Derek. Yeah, Derek Henry. King yeah. Henry had another good game. And the Titans edged out the Broncos. And that wraps up our game recap. And now we're going to go into a new segment that I'm calling Stock Up, Stock Down. So basically what this new segment is, is we're going to, we're going to look at the stocks around the NFL and see whose stock is up and whose stock is down. And what better way to kind of say what this segment is than just to start the segment. Uh, and my first stock up, and this is a stock that is skyrocketing now, and that's the Cardinals hype train. After the very first week of the season, they looked good. They had a con- they had a really, really solid upset win over the 49ers. Uh, so their hype train is at an all-time high. This is one you maybe want to sell if you're talking stocks. Uh, and stock down, the Buccaneers hype train a lot of hype going into that. A lot of people jumping off the bandwagon now. So their stock is down. And stock up, speaking of a player that was on there, Tom Brady, his former team and his former city, stock up Boston sports fandom, which, wow, they've had it so bad. I'm so glad that they can have a stock up. But Boston, uh, we had the Celtics beating my Raptors uh, in Game 7 and moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then you had the the Patriots beating my Dolphins. Oh, no. Uh, so a rough week. Are you but sad? A, a really good... <laughs> my uh, Inside, yes. But their stock is very much up, like it always is there in Boston. And stock down, my sports fandom. Like I said, the Raptors lost, which put me into a, a dark place. Uh, the Dolphins lost, which was not as dark. And then, like I said earlier on the podcast, I picked the Eagles in my survivor pool. They lost. And then the Cowboys, who was like the team that I was hyping up all offseason, they lost and made me look bad. So my stock is kind of at an all-time low. It's kind of like blockbuster stock at this point. Oh, no. It's like it's probably not going up. <laughs> it's like you don't want to invest in it. It's not oh. looking good. Uh, but stock up, Joe. Your chances of buying a Lamar Jackson jersey. I, I, would say, I might actually. I would say that stock is up right now. Yeah, as, I think so. You know, you picked you picked a good team. It's mm-hmm. almost kind I'm of unfair. I'm not a bandwagon. It's almost kind of unfair. I'm not hopping on the bandwagon. It okay? seems like I know you're hopping on the bandwagon. And I know what a lot of people think that I'm just hopping on the bandwagon. <laughs> a lot of people like getting a lot I of hate like, mail. <laughs> I have been getting a lot of hate mail. Of I'll death. read some of it next week. <laughs> a lot of death threats. Yeah. But no, I like the Ravens. I, listen, I'm so unbiased. Here's why I like the Ravens. I think their jerseys look cool. I think they've always looked cool. Okay. And you also and like, I like that they win. I like right? the, I like their colors. Yeah. Okay. And birds. I'm also a big fan of birds. Okay. Well, it's good to know that your stock, that your fandom is a stock up for sure. Yeah, I know. But stock down the mental health of Cleveland Browns fans. Oh my <laughs> goodness gracious! Speaking of the Ravens, they really put a damper on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it's just, it was a brutal loss. I mean, there's, it's hard to go and take any positives away. I mean, you had David Njoku who made a couple of really, really nice grabs and then he got hurt and he's going to be out a couple of weeks now. Uh, it's just always bad there in Cleveland. And it's just, even when it seems like it's getting better, it's not. So if you have a Cleveland Browns uh, fan as a friend, make sure you check on them. Say, hey, buddy, are you okay? Uh, and just and just be with them because it's, it's tough. Their stock is very much plummeting at this point. 
But on the other side of things, stock up. Russell Wilson's chances of getting an MVP vote, that stock is very much up as he played phenomenal in his very first game of the season. Like we said, he, he, he put, a, put a beat down on that secondary there in Atlanta and then stocked down uh, my MVP prediction. Dak Prescott did not play nearly as well. 25 for 39, 266 yards, which is fine, I guess. But, I mean, he didn't come out flying like I really wanted him to. I really wanted the, the Cowboys to come out and just just tear up the Rams and everybody's going to be like, Joe, look at you. You're so smart. Uh, but uh, instead, they didn't. But stock up. The Bisky Boys stock is very much up. Yeah, it is. Bisky Boys stock is rising. We're shooting. We're Apple stock right now. Mm-hmm. We're Amazon stock. We are, well, okay, maybe that's not a good comparison because we were down, but now we're going up. Yeah. Now we're going up. I can't think of anything because I don't play the stonks. But listen, listen. The Bisky Boys, their stock is going up. And going down is the is the Jaguars hashtag tank for Trevor stock. That, that stock is, is falling because Minshew will not let it happen. Minshew is not going to let this team tank uh, despite completely tearing their roster apart. Minshew and his stock is up. Minshew mania. Like I said, I'm wearing my Gardner Minshew shirt. That stock is very much on the rise. Uh, Minshew continues to be entertaining, continues to be fun. And it continues to win games for Jacksonville, even when they maybe don't deserve to win games. And stock down, you know, we've we've talked crap about baseball on this podcast and how that's such a such a dumb league and a sport that I don't enjoy. <laughs> Coming at you again, MLB. I'm gonna come at another sports league. This is one that I actually enjoy. Stock down the NBA playoffs basketball. Why? NBA playoff basketball. They scheduled a one o'clock game. On Sunday, which lines perfectly up with football games. What a stupid decision that was. You 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 scheduled a game at one o'clock to compete with with NFL football. NFL football's back. I, I think that the NBA ratings are gonna feel it. I mean, uh, NBA has has never been even close to as successful uh, rating wise as football. And listen, football's coming for you, baby. Usually, NBA doesn't have to deal with it quite as much as because they're gone at this point, but. You know, that now they're lined up right perfectly with the football season. So the NBA's ratings, their stock is going down. And then another stock down. We're just going to go with a couple negative ones here. Stock <laughs> down. Uh, the hope that the Patriots would just disappear into irrelevancy. That stock is plummeting pretty good. They're going to be relevant. They're going to be here. Whether or not they're, uh, you know, 14-2 and two or 12-4, and four, uh, I, I doubt that. But they're, they're going to be around. And stock down, this is a predictive stock. I think that Cam Newton's likability stock is is going down. I'm making a prediction now. By the end of the season, Cam Newton will go from being a guy that everybody was rooting for to a guy that everybody kind of hates. Uh, he played my Dolphins in week one, and he played well, and he let the Dolphins know about it. Uh, people are going are gonna to be annoyed with him because he's going to make plays, and he's going to get in people's face. And, and I think that, oh, yeah, we're rooting for Cam Newton. That's going to wear off after a while. So that stock is is heading down. A couple more. The final two stock ups. Aaron Rodgers, rev, hashtag revenge, capital S, capital Z, capital N, season, baby. Revenge season. He's mad that they drafted a quarterback in the first round. And he's letting us know about it. I'm here for an MVP season from Aaron Rodgers. I talked about it on my power rankings on my Instagram. I'm really looking forward to Aaron Rodgers. 
uh, potentially having MVP season. And one final huge stock up, uh, Ron Rivera being a badass. That stock was already very high, and it's even higher. I mean, the guy has cancer, and he coached a football game. He stood on the sidelines for hours. He had to get an IV at halftime, and Dwayne Haskins had to do the halftime speech because he Ron Rivera didn't have enough energy to do it for him. So just shout out to Ron Rivera for being a, an inspiration, an incredible person. Uh, and, and I've always liked Ron Rivera, and he's very well liked. And this certainly does not hurt that whatsoever. But that kind of wraps up stock up, stock down of week one of the NFL season. And as we get closer to the end of the podcast, this one's going to be a marathon of a podcast. I'm going to give away a, a new award that we're doing on this podcast. You know, a lot of a lot of people want to do, oh, this is my favorite player of the week. This is the AFC uh, uh, Offensive Player of the Week, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. This is the guy that had all the stats. This is the guy that had, you know, four touchdowns, 300 yards. That's not what we're going to do here on the Average Joe Football Show. No, no, no. We're going to give away the Average Joe of the Week. And you might ask yourself, what is the Average Joe of the Week? What does that even mean, Average Joe of the Week? Why would you ever want to be the Average Joe of the Week? Well, the Average Joe of the Week is, it's not going to be the guys that get all the recognition, okay? It's not going to be, as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to be him. It's not going to be Mr. Unlimited. It's not going to be guys like that. It's going to be guys that, you know, they did what they were asked to do. They didn't do any more, any less. They did what they were asked to do. They didn't mess it up, but they they did just enough to get the big fat W. And this week, the average Joe of the week goes to quarterback Tyrod Taylor of the Los Angeles Chargers. He had 16 for 30 passing, so just over 50%. Perfect. 208 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, though. Six rushes for seven yards. And one big fat W. You got to get the win if you want to be average Joe of the week. And that's exactly what Tyrod Taylor did. Congratulations. You are the very first average Joe of the week. All right. Why don't we wrap things up real quick with going over some of the games that are going to go down next week and week two. Week one was a good time. Looking forward to week two. We start off this Thursday. Tonight's game, if you're listening to this, on Thursday when it's uploaded. Tonight's game is between the Bengals and Browns. Really looking forward to that game. Uh, we see two former number one overall picks, Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield, going going against each other. And I got the Bengals winning 23-20. And that's my upset of the week, if you can even call it an upset. I mean, the Browns are kind of a mess. But I'm going to call it my upset of the week. And then you move on to the other games. We have Buffalo at Miami. Give me Buffalo. I don't think Miami is anywhere near to as talented as Buffalo is right now. Then you have Carolina at Tampa Bay. Uh, give me Tampa Bay for a bounce back game. I could see a big game uh, out of Tampa Bay to, to kind of shut up the haters. Then you have Jacksonville going into Tennessee. Give me Tennessee uh, in, in that game. Uh, Minshew Magic kind of wears off in week two. Then you have the Giants going into Soldier Field and playing the Chicago Bears. Give me Mitch Biskey, baby. He's going to get mm. back-to-back wins. Keep Foles on the bench, baby. Biskey gives him the business in week two. And then we have the Atlanta Falcons going into Dallas. And I'm sticking with my boys, the boys, we them boys. They're going to take the win against Atlanta. Oh, I'm gross. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that guy. Sorry. I'm not, that was embarrassing. I have a lot of emotional stock invested in the Cowboys this year. <laughs> and they're going to take the, the Atlanta Falcons in week two. 
And then Detroit is going to, I think, lose to Green Bay in week two. Aaron Rodgers is playing awesome. Uh, Minnesota goes into Indianapolis. Uh, and Minnesota gets the win, in my opinion. Indy, I, I'm already maybe jumping off the bandwagon, potentially. And you have San Francisco at the Jets. That one's a 49ers victory. Don't have to get too deep into that. You have the Rams visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Rams are playing good football right now. Uh, Sean McVay has this team playing well. He's scheming up some good offense for Jared Goff. I think they go into Philadelphia and they beat the Eagles. And then Denver at Pittsburgh. Give me Pittsburgh. Uh, I think their defense is playing outrageously good. Could give Drew Locke problems. And then the 4 o'clock games, you have Washington uh, going into Arizona. I was tempted to pick Washington as my upset just because of that defensive line. Uh, But I'm going to take Arizona because I believe in Kyler Murray and I want Arizona to win. And then Baltimore against Houston. Give me Baltimore. Kansas City at the Chargers. I will take Kansas City. And then my lock of the week, the Sunday night game. And we're going to come up with a punishment. Uh, At some point, we're going to come up with... Every week, I'm going to have one lock of the week. And it it has to be a good good lock. It has to be... uh, You know, I can't can't pick, you know, the Ravens to beat the Giants. They're not playing this week, but say they were. I can't pick that game. I have to pick... A fairly competitive game. And my lock of the week, I'm taking Seattle over New England. I think that they're going to they're gonna uh, give New England some problems. Uh, I think that New England might be exposed, that they're maybe not as good as, as people are, are saying they are after week, after week one. Uh, but yeah, if I don't get this, this right, tune into our Instagram. We're going to come up with some sort of punishment at some point. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, Joe? I believe so. Have you come up with anything something yet? Something silly crazy. Something silly crazy. Something... something random you know <laughs> yeah, but seattle i think is gonna win at home against new england and then the monday night game give me new orleans over las vegas i'll update you on how these picks went next week uh but that that kind of wraps things up uh this was a long podcast i hope you guys enjoyed it uh we're you know this was the first podcast that we're doing with actual nfl games to talk about so it's going to be a lot of experimenting this season we're not sure exactly yet how we're going to do things uh, next week's format of the show might be a little bit different. Uh, not quite sure, but it's going to be a kind of a feeling out process. If you enjoy the show, let me know. Please leave me a five-star rating or leave us rather. It's, it's, it's us, Joe. Leave us so a five-star selfish. rating. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share the podcast with your friends. If you have uh, friends that like uh, football or if you have friends that just like hearing two guys uh, talk out of their butt for an hour and a half, make sure that you uh yeah you spread it around share your share the podcast also i'm doing a giveaway on my instagram uh if you are listening to this podcast the day after this podcast goes up friday is gonna be the last day to enter the giveaway it's a madden 21 giveaway go over to my instagram basically all you have to do is follow uh my instagram follow mic'd up podcast make sure you check out their podcast as well mic'd up podcasting uh Make sure you check them out. Follow them, like the post, and comment which uh, console you want it on and tag three friends. And you can have a chance to win a free copy of Madden 21. So make sure you check that out. And follow us on all social medias at underscore average Joe Show. Follow Joe on social medias. Uh, on Instagram, it's at Joe underscore Teeson. And on Twitter, it's at Teeson underscore Joe. Uh, like I said, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a good review and a rating it's going to be a fun nfl season week one is in the books 
and we will catch you guys on the next one.